Hello, everyone, and welcome to OHSA Interviews. I'm Vincenzo Calla, and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, I'm happy to have with me the MPP for Renfrew Nipissing Pembroke, John Yakubuski. John was first elected in 2003 and has been re-elected four times since then. He was raised on politics as his father, Paul Yakubuski, served as the provincial member for the riding of Renfrew South for 24 years. Formerly a real estate sales representative, John is best known locally as the former owner and operator of Yakubuski's Home Hardware in Barry's Bay, which he operated for 20 years. John currently serves as the parliamentary assistant to the premier. Thank you, John, for your time, and thank you so much for joining us today. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you on, and we're going to start off our interview with the question and answer segment, and all of these questions come from the members of our high school team. So the first Great. question is um, about your role as the parliamentary assistant to the premier. So uh, what role do you play as the parliamentary assistant to the premier, and what do you do in that role? Great question, uh, Vincenzo, and uh, it is a, a bit of a unique role because uh, every other parliamentary assistant is responsible directly to a minister that has a portfolio, uh, which they can act as their um, alternate, for example, in answering questions in the legislature or sometimes uh, making appearances on their behalf. Uh, it's a little different with the PA to the Premier because everything that the Premier does <clears throat> is also supported by a minister who has a portfolio. So if the Premier is, if, for example, answering questions in the House and the Premier is not answering it, well, the Minister of Health may be answering it or the Minister of Transportation, for example. So we don't get to do that uh, very much because of the fact that there's always a minister that has that responsibility. I think it's fair to say that as a, as a PA to the Premier, you tend to uh, fill a much more uh, what would be considered a, an advisory role and, uh, you know, somebody to bounce things off of from time to time. But also you act as a, a liaison uh, between the premier and members of the, the caucus. If they, you know, they may feel that uh, they need to uh, raise something. And even though uh, Premier Ford, uh, he is known uh, universally as being tremendously accessible, uh, no one person has uh, an unlimited amount of time. And as a result of that, some you, you might have an, an, uh, an opportunity to act as a somewhat of a liaison uh, between the Premier and, and members of caucus. But as far as a ministerial responsibility, you really don't have that same uh, thing as, as a PA to, the, that's a PA to, the, um, uh, to a, a specific minister. But you do get uh, more access uh, to the Premier. Well, that's always an upside. That's always an upside, especially as a, as a functioning member of a party in a in a functioning government, obviously that's always important. And uh, I mean, we've had those chats about how accessible Premier Ford is in our on the show in the past. We've uh, talked Amazing. with so many people. Uh, Minister Khalid Rashid. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about about well, that's the Ford family brand, really. And back to to uh, the late Rob Ford, and even well, Premier Ford himself always giving out their phone numbers and always access to the premier and picking up the phone and calling him and helping. And, but like you said, there's only 24 hours in, in a day. And a lot of those you're there's busy days as premier. So having that sort of liaison as uh, that you play as is probably really helpful. So um, I want to move on to 
your role as an MPP. And actually, uh, when I was setting this up, uh, when I was talking with with um, with somebody from your team, we talked about uh, we quickly mentioned about how you had been an MP for a while, and you've been an MP since two thousand three. So for the past eighteen years or so. So I want to ask what would you say has been the most pivotal moment for you in the past 18 years that you've been an MPP? Well, that, that's also a great question, Vincenzo. And I think it's one that's maybe a little harder to pin down, but uh, I, I will tell you that the most pivotal day of your life, other than when you get married or have children, is the day you get elected for the first time. And you can never replicate that. I've now had five elections, five times been elected, but there's nothing that can possibly ever match that first election. It is unbelievably unique. Now, there may be a pivotal day for someone on, on the other end of the spectrum when they, they lose their election. I've not had that experience. And I'm not looking forward to that. But that is that is something that I think people need to keep in mind that that is the life-changing event uh, that is very few people ever get to serve in elected office as a provincial member of parliament and, uh, and, very, and even fewer get to serve uh, in, a, in the executive council. So the reality is none of that happens if you don't get elected at home first. And that's, uh, that, that's hugely pivotal. Now, if I, pivotal, if I look at a couple of things in, uh, you know, in that 18 year history, I could talk to, you know, there's, there's things that happens, you know, there's projects, uh, the, you know, the expansion of Highway 17, for example, that was a tremendous victory for us. And the, the latest uh, approval of 22.5 kilometers is going to be, it'll be the single largest capital project ever in the history of Renfrew County from a provincial perspective. So it is, it is huge. Uh, the expansion of long-term care homes, building new long-term care homes, just opened uh, a, a, re, a re, um, redeveloped new home in Arnprior in the fall. So those are pivotal projects that are life, you know, have, have changed the lives and improved the lives of so many people. But when I look back, you know, the, the new arena going up in, uh, in Renfrew, the second ice surface. But when I look back on 18 years, the things I will remember most actually are those little things, those little victories for, as my dad used to say, the little guy. You know, you really make a difference when you rub shoulders with the, liberal, the little guy, the guy that he walks into your office and the biggest problem in his life is the one he's coming in to talk to you about. It may not be that difficult for you to solve sometimes, sometimes it is, but solving that for that constituent that's actually the most gratifying thing because that's actually what we're there for. We represent, in my case, approximately 100,000 or so uh, residents of Renfrew, Nipissing, Pembroke. They depend on me. I'm the only guy. Somebody will be, was there before me and somebody will be there after me. But right now, I'm the only guy that can take their concerns to the provincial legislature or the respective ministry uh, that they're having an issue with. So that is so important. It's such... That is the thing uh, that I will remember most when I leave this office at some point. Um, and the people you meet along the way, the people you meet along the way that quite frankly, Vincenzo, you will never experience that in any other role, but a public life role like this. You know, you have, no matter where you work, you have this, a group of people 
whether it's at school as a student or whatever, there's a group of people that you know and you get to know. In this job, you get to know so many more people because by the very virtue of it, you are contacting and interacting with people all the time. That is, to me, uh, the most significant uh, role that I've played in 18 years. And when I'm long, when I'm long gone uh, from this, that'll be the thing that I remember most. Uh, making a difference for, as my dad would say, the little guy. Well, that is like, that's a great, that was a great speech. Um, like it was just, it's so fantastic that we have members of parliament, members of provincial parliament that still remember that. I mean, I know it's easy to get caught up, I'm sure, in Toronto life, in the life of the legislature and get caught up in, especially in government, get caught up in all the other things that you do. But like you said, there are a certain amount of people, not a very big amount of people that uh, represent uh, Ontario in the legislature. And being one of those 124 sitting there in Toronto to to represent the people of Rimpur, Nipissing, Pembroke, or wherever other riding there is, it's just so important to 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 be able to to bring up those issues, like you said, even though they may be small to you, they may be the biggest issue in someone's life, and just being able to solve those and being able to represent them is just so fantastic and just so important as a as an elected official on any level. And um, I think- Well, you know, Vincenzo, yeah. in, since 1867, uh, for anybody who's been to Queen's Park, every person who has ever served as a member of the legislature, their name is engraved in marble for each parliament. And the reality is in all those years, 155 years, there's not that many. So it, 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 it it, it's um, a little uh, humbling uh, to understand and see just how many, how few people have had the honor of serving and what it, what it really means to them. Definitely. And I mean, I know that for a lot of people, it, politics sort of passes them by and only really comes up when they need, <laughs> when they need it to. And then other than that, they put it away. But especially here, it's just such, an, such a, an important thing. And like you said, being able to, to serve them and those few people that have represented, it's been, I'm sure, the honor of a lifetime for every single person through, that, through those doors in, in Queen's Park. So we're going to move on to a little bit of policy now. Um, so uh, this one comes from Basu and Ajax. And... Uh, this has a um, sort of a, a, not a story to it, but some, some context to it. So a few years ago under Ontario's Climate Change Action Plan, buyers of most new electric vehicles were receiving a full $14,000 rebate instead of just $3,000, which had a drastic increase in sales. But now it has gone down by almost half. Gas prices, as everybody knows, are seeking new highs and that we've never seen before, and they're impacting the cost of life cost of living for many Ontario citizens. Um, will your government increase the electric vehicle rebate in the coming months, or do you have plans in the election, uh, if re-elected, to encourage more Ontarians to help the environment and find solutions to the current gas price crisis through this? And what was it, Vasu? Vasu from Ajax. Va Vasu, Th thank Vasu. you for the question, uh, Vasu. And uh, uh, first of all, I, I can't answer the question as to what the uh, 
what will be in the election platform because then yeah. I'd have to be I have to be removed <laughs> permanently. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do want to go back to the uh, to the history of this a little bit. Mm -hmm. When the Liberals brought in this rebate program, fourteen thousand dollars. Quite frankly, it was a rebate for the rich. I mean, the market was dominated by expensive, uh, exclusive electric vehicles. We are now embarking on a you know to a, we're into a whole new world when it comes to electric vehicles and electric vehicle production. So what we saw when we came into office is that, look at people that could afford a Tesla didn't need the $14,000 rebate, quite frankly. So we were actually taking money out of the pockets of middle income families that could be spent on the important things that matter to them. So what we're doing now, and we are going to be a world leader is recently, of course, you just saw the uh, announcement by our government, the federal government, LG, and Solantis about building the, the biggest single automotive plant ever in our history uh, for uh, electric, uh, the EV battery production. This is such a game changer. So all of these, these vehicles that are going to be more and more popular, which will, by virtue of economics, bring down the cost of those vehicles because the production costs will go down because we'll be producing more of them from every manufacturer. If you look at the commitments made by Ford, General Motors to build a Honda, just a, a big announcement in Honda there a couple of weeks ago. We are talking about Ontario's automotive um, impact going to be solidified for the next half century. We are talking about you know, the jobs of the future arriving here today. So we're changing completely the electric vehicle market. We're going to be the ones building those vehicles. We're going to be the one producing and manufacturing the batteries for those vehicles. We're going to make those cars more and more affordable. So as the demand naturally increases, it's going to be the average person is going to have more access to that marketplace, not where they were you know, the, the liberals were trying to artificially inflate uh, the, the market by putting money into somebody's pocket that wasn't necessary. We're going to make sure, and that's why we've done some things with the, um, the license, the removal of the license fees, so that middle-class families that are driving vehicles today are going to get somewhat of a break. But I'm telling you, the future is absolutely, it's not just bright, it's, it's gleaming bright. Uh, in the automotive industry here in Ontario because of the things that we've done as a government to attract those, and they, they can go anywhere, as you know. It, they have the economics and the economic power and the clout to set up those manufacturing uh, facilities wherever they choose. And they're choosing Ontario because we've changed our energy policy, our taxation policy, WSIB policies, so many of the things that are part and parcel of attracting business to your jurisdiction we have accomplished, even, even, even being, you know, uh, somewhat uh, put on the sidelines because of uh, COVID, we've still, still managed to accomplish all of these things so that in four short years, we're going from an industry in Ontario that was, some would say, was, was uh, ready to receive the last rights to one that is having a rebirth. So when you put that, when you look at it from that perspective, uh, Vincenzo, the future of vehicles, electric vehicles, access to electric vehicles for everybody, including the middle class, uh, I don't think it's ever, it's, it's ever been brighter. 
and and we're going to make sure that Ontario continues to lead in that uh, in that in that uh, um, area. Well, that's fantastic because I know that now, like as Vasu mentioned, and we don't even need Vasu to mention it because everywhere we turn, we're seeing it. The gas prices are so high and people want to look to to an electric future, electric vehicle future. And it's just, it couldn't be at a better time now to to start bringing those markets into Ontario, bringing those, uh, those electric vehicle manufacturing plants into Ontario and and I know that so many people on this show have come on, so many of your colleagues have come on and talked about how Ontario is going to be the economic engine of, of North America. And this is just one of those reasons. And like, it's so, it's, it's so amazing that we're getting those, those prices down by, by doing it homegrown instead of just, like you said, instead of the liberals. Well, just Well, we also have, uh, if I yeah. may, we also have uh, access to the, mm-hmm. the critical minerals uh, that are that are so um, um, necessary and prerequisite to being able to build these uh, these batteries. We have that in our on our land. Uh, the mining sector in Ontario is is, is uh, um, forecast to grow dramatically as a result of that because we have access to those critical minerals, minerals which is also important because on the other side of that of the Arctic, they also have critical minerals. And do we want to be building cars? That are that are uh, have uh, EV batteries uh, that uh, are have Canadian components in them, or do we want to have uh, cars being built with Russian components in them? Given what Putin is doing uh, in the world today, this this is a great uh, great time for Ontario and a great time for Canada, uh, with us being able to uh, to sign these contracts, make these bring these companies here. Um, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's hard not to get excited. Well, yeah, it's it's so true, and like like you said, the future is gleaming, and and being able and all the jobs it'll bring too. I mean, we could go on about this forever, but all the jobs it's going to bring to to everyday Ontarians. Too good jobs, good paying good jobs, job. good paying jobs that are jobs going you want to be able to raise your family on. Exactly, and there's just so much about this that are going to bring it on, and and like you said, it's and it's going to be for for everybody. It's not just for an elite few, a few elite people that that have that are already have the money like you said so i would love to keep talking about this but we're going to move on to the next question and this is an election question given we're in an election year a couple months away from an election so um i wanted to ask how do you think and this is a question i know we're really uh dealing with now how do you think the ontario pc party can convince 2018 liberal and ndp voters to vote pc in june well, we'll be doing nothing to convince liberal and NDP voters to vote PC because they're untouchable. They are locked in. If you're talking about people that would, you know, would only vote uh, that are well, identified people that vote in 2018. Vote liberal, like, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But yeah. if people that, for example, the liberals got roughly uh, just under 20% of the vote, that's as low as they can ever go. We're not even interested or worried about that 20% of the electorate. That's just my son calling. I'll call him back later. Um, we're, we're interested in the ones that are switchers. Uh, we have our base. Uh, the Liberals' base has been exposed at, a, at about 20%. Uh, that's, I don't think the Liberals could ever go lower than they did in 2018. The NDP have a base, and we have a base. But you can't form government on those bases. So we are going after that voter that is 
movable. Not voter that is uh, flexible, that is, a, which they, they sometimes are termed as switchers, you know, versus the, you know, the old saying years ago before they had in Canada, they said, you know, they could say in Quebec, uh, a pig painted red would, uh, uh, would get elected as a liberal. Uh, down in the States, they used to call them yellow dog Democrats. Even a yellow dog would get elected as a Democrat down there in some of those areas. That's what they used to say. But we, we have to focus on the ones that are accessible. Don't spend your time trying to win the vote of one that you'll never get. You know, an old friend of mine used to say, he says, the only person you can truly believe is the one who says, I'm not voting for you. And those, those people that form the basis of other parties, they're not voting for us. But there are so many things that we have done already. And we're, and that's, I mean, the campaign has already started. Let's face it. You lay, you lay some of these, what we've done in the automotive sector. Do you think that that isn't changing the votes of so many of these people that are employed by Unifor or one way or another are affected, impacted by the automotive industry? They're looking at us and saying, hey, wait a minute. This conservative party understands what we need. What about the skilled trades that, you know, we've made so many changes to attract people into the skills trades. My son that was just calling me, he's a Red Seal carpenter. And I can tell you that uh, he's, uh, last year, he's well into the six figures in, in, his, uh, in his salary. I can't divulge all his information, but, but you know, he, he makes tremendous money because he works hard, loves his job. So Minister McNaughton, uh, you know, through our government has made a number of changes to the skilled trades. There's another thing. What, what, have we, what have we done for long-term care? We're transforming long-term care, historical transformation long-term care, 30,000 new beds, 28,000 redeveloped beds. These are the things that people are going, when the Liberals built 611 beds between 2011 and 2018, 611 net new beds. So what we've done, and, and we've really, uh, and, and even though, as I say, we were sidelined somewhat with uh, COVID, because that had to be the focus. You know, you know, COVID comes along, it's sort of like, well, I'd like to um, remodel the bathroom, but right now the house is on fire. I think we got to put the fire out first. And that's, and that's what was happening for two years. So now, now we can see that COVID is uh, something that we're going to live with in, 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 in various iterations, but, but declining in its, in its veracity, we believe. So we can focus now on making those changes and taking those changes to the people, the, the promise of those changes, but we've already laid out the groundwork. Uh, and, and, and now we just have to make sure people understand what these things that we're doing and uh, have already begun to do, uh, what it means for them as Ontarians and that what it means in their lives. So I know that uh, I'm pretty comfortable that those switching are, are available, those voters that are available to be switched are going to be taking a really favorable look at Doug Ford and the PCs uh, throughout May and, and of course on June the 2nd because you know what, it does represent what they want to see in Ontario and that's a future that is bright for them, their children, their grandchildren and anyone else that we can attract to this country as well because we need to bring the people that can fill these jobs because this economy is going to roll. Because we've put out, we've done the things that attract the people, uh, improving the tax structure and the and the um, stuff on the non-revenue side for businesses. They want to establish here, and I think that that's going to be the biggest thing that will attract uh, that switching voter to the PCs. Definitely, and even you mentioned how in COVID we had to sort of take a sideline to some of the things that uh, the government wanted to do. 
that were elected on 2018. Even at that, you still worked at it. Like when we had Will Bama on, we talked about how the economy, how we were lowering the deficit and that sort of had to take sort of a, a pause during COVID. And even at that, the, the deficit is lower than it was when the Liberals left it in 2018 with COVID. So it's with just pretty so Pretty amazing fiscal uh, management. Pretty amazing fiscal management. Definitely. And we're going to go on to the very last part um which is advice for the next generation we ask this to to everybody on our show so we wanted to ask you uh very quickly what should young high school conservatives do in order to get more politically active one piece of advice you would give them one piece of advice to get more politically active well Mm -hmm. get involved get involved in the issues themselves uh don't sit on the don't sit on the sidelines watching the world pass by dig into them but dig into them with an open mind so that you form your views as to what, uh, where you stand. Don't, don't sit, don't, don't watch the, you know, the, the um, messengers of social media or this or that uh, try to tell you what you should be thinking about uh, the issues of the day. We, we, the, the next generation, you know, your generation, the generation of my grandkids really is what it is. Uh, and uh, to somewhat my, our children, but they're, they're, they're the leaders of tomorrow and we need to be them to be objective thinkers, but also to be willing to question what's being pushed, pushed to get pushed towards them. And, and quite frankly, we have an education system that does not push people towards conservative thinking. It, it is very much opposed to conservative thinking. And I think that we need our young people to actually open up their minds and ask themselves, if the, if, the, if the thing that they're being, uh, some of it being shoved at them today really is the best way to, uh, to build a, a strong, uh, uh, competent, compassionate society. You know, conservatives get uh, uh, mischaracterized uh, as being, not being compassionate. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, having grown up in a family of 14 children, I know exactly what it's about. And conservatives are the most compassionate people out there, but they also have a realistic view towards uh, toward need, what, what is necessary to make our society the best it can be going forward. So get involved, be critical, and, and arrive at your own conclusions. Great, great advice that we're going to end on. And it's just a great tone to end on, especially now that we are are in the election pretty much. I mean, we may as well be. We're starting to get into it. And and like you said, we're getting into it and just get involved in any way you can. And don't sit on the sidelines, get out, get out on the forefront and fight for what you think is right. So thank you, John, for your time today. We really appreciate you being with us. We wish you on the future. And that is it. We hope you enjoyed today's interview. Look for more videos coming soon. We have a really big interview coming out next week. We hope you'll enjoy it and tune in next week. Make sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok accounts at OntarioHSCons for info about our next interview and for more great content. Check our website, OntarioHSConservatives.org to learn more about us, see our projects for more great content. For our YouTube viewers, make sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, and click the notification bell so you don't miss a video. Podcast listeners, follow us and stay updated with new episodes. We hope to see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you.